Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to the fan of history. I'm the fan of history, and with me is another fan of history, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hey, Dan. Uh, we're here doing a podcast on the 970s BC. It's still we're still deep in the Dark Ages. <laughs> yeah, we are for sure. This is uh, the sources are few and weak and vague, and uh, yeah, it's uh, but we know a little bit. Check out our YouTube channel too. We'll put a link in the show notes, or you can just search YouTube for fan of history. We are doing something different here on the podcast. We are two people instead of one. Uh, but the YouTube show is a bit ahead. So if you want to know what happens afterwards, check it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, last time on, on Fan of History in the 980s BC, we talked about uh, Babylon. They went through th- three kings very quickly. One ruled for three years, one for three months. Uh, the, seventh, the seventh dynasty of Babylon began. Uh, not a lot's going on in Europe. And Assyria uh, has built the most powerful army in the world and uh, the beginning of Hinduism starts to happen in India and King Zhao of China decides to try and conquer the south yeah. so what happens next Dan? Well I have some sad uh, very old news because in 979 BC Marbiti Aplausur the king of Babylon and the only king of the 7th dynasty he dies and he was a guy who was from Elam so uh, Elam rule of Babylon ends We don't even know if he ruled Elam at the same time. And Elam disappears from the record for over a hundred years after this. So Elam is always around, always unknown in southern Iran. Uh, They bury this guy as a uh, legitimate king with full honors. And he's succeeded by Nabu Mukin Apli, who seems to be a Babylonian or Kassite rather, which are fairly integrated into uh, Babylonia. Okay, and I just want to add one other thing: is that all of our history that we we're, we're going to talk about here on the show is from actual historical records kept by these people. So uh, yes. it's not archaeological information; it's just information. 
it's a minimal amount of archaeological information, and the majority of it is history that was recorded by these people. Yes. Oh, at some point, uh, sometimes it's recorded by ancient historians that are much later, but we'll mention that when it happens. Uh, Nabu Mukin Apli. Uh, Babylonian king's names always begins with a god, so he is he likes Nabu, the scribe of the gods. He starts the eighth dynasty of Babylon this same year, then, and he will rule Babylon for thirty-four years. Uh, we do have some minimal records. The Babylonians are always these uh, very thorough record keepers, but uh, not in this dark age. So a couple of hundred years earlier we have a lot of Babylonian records, but now we don't have a lot. But we have some from Nabu Mukin Apli. And his country is invaded by Arameans. It has been invaded by Arameans for 200 years. But the Arameans are squatting in the countryside and sort of causing chaos. But they're not taking cities, they're not building cities, they're just there, st- destroying the farms. Uh, and. Uh, one inscription says that the Arameans, or the Sutians, as the Babylonians call them, were belligerent. And there was a very important festival, I think it is the New Year's festival, and uh, they had to bring god statues between cities in Babylon, in Babylonia. And they couldn't do it because there were belligerent Arameans running around in the countryside. So this king writes a very angry inscription saying that, No, I missed the New Year's festival. The gods hate me now. Okay. Hey, I have a question about the, the New Year's festival. What, how, what kind of calendar do they have? Did they have the, you know, what we use now as the standard 365-day-a-year calendar? Or um, did they go off of uh, like an older uh, calendar that we don't use anymore? They definitely don't have our calendar, but the Babylonians are uh, the inventors of a lot of things we use today, like the 60-second, 60-minute system. They are obsessed with the number 60. But I have to look into that to answer it, actually. So I'm not quite sure. Okay. So they, they were just... We don't know why they were into the number 60. It was just... Uh, just seemed I think like it was their, uh, their base for... Uh, uh, like, our base is 10. Their base is 60. So they, they count using 60. Okay. So that's actually why there's 60 minutes to an hour, which makes no sense today. Huh. Well, that's really interesting. But it's their fault. (laughs) Uh, Over to China. In 977 BC, King Shao, remember him? He loved uh, rare animals and zoos and beautiful things and not war. But now he has to go to war. And there are a lot of versions about this story. I did one on YouTube, but then I heard several others. But he's going to the Chu province, which is to the south. And he's bringing six heavenly armies. That sounds like a lot of people. So it seems like he's... Um, he, he, the message he has received from the Chu province is that we have discovered a new rare bird. But if you're going to look for a rare bird, why do you bring six heavenly armies? So possibly he was going to attack the lands to the south of the Chu province together with the Chu people. But... The thing that happens is that the, the Xiong, Xiong Ai, who is a person, uh, the, the leader of Chu, he ambushes the king and the heavenly armies them. And the whole thing is a trap. So King Shao tries to retreat 
and uh, ravage the countryside while he's doing so because he's so angry. And he tries to cross the Han River, and while doing so, he drowns. So uh, the King Shao, the third king of uh, the Su Dynasty, uh, the fourth king of the Su Dynasty, sorry, uh, dies in this um, civil war. And he's succeeded by his son, King Mu. And this guy, King Mu, is the greatest king of the entire Su Dynasty. And the Su Dynasty lasts for 800 years. And this is its peak, and it's pretty early. It's only been going on for 70 years, about. And King Mu will rule Su China for 54 years. And he's apparently 51 years old when he becomes the king. <laughs> so he's supposed to become 105 years old. And we'll talk a lot about King Mu. Okay. Is that uh, is that 105-year-old age? Is that uh, Do you think that's like a exaggeration? Or do you think that's, that's okay? Yeah, ancient kings have uh, often ex- exaggerated uh, reigns and uh, lifespans. So you'll find uh, King... Pepi II of Egypt is the longest ruler in history. He ruled for 96 years. And that is probably exaggerated too. Okay. Uh, we don't know what happens to Shong Ai of Chu. The guy who uh, ambushed the last king. But King Mu is a very different king than his father. Because he is more ambitious than wise. And he will uh, try to do great things. And uh, most of the time he will... Succeed in doing so. But he will also become... so the, the Su dynasty will spend a long, long time being weak. And they will remember the days of King Mu. And they will build legends about this guy. So he will become like a Chinese superhero later. Okay. Uh, let's move to India. We don't have any dated events from India, and the problem is the same as always. They don't have written records, so it all comes down to from oral traditions and archaeology. Because this is the painted greyware period of uh, Indian archaeology, and it's, uh, it lasts from 1200 to 900 BC. We know that there is a kingdom, uh, Kuru. Uh, it's the central tribe of the Mahabharata times and uh, it's a city-state and a considerable political power and it rises to power either in this decade or uh, in about a hundred years earlier so we don't really know exactly uh, there's also a kingdom called Panchala these are both Aryan kingdoms uh, in the European kingdoms in the north of India and there are some uh, sacred Vedic texts being written in this period, like the Brahmanas uh, and the Sulba Sutras. Please excuse me, all Indian people, for butchering your beautiful language. I want to uh, thank Ajata Shatru from the Historum Forums, because uh, he has been helping me with some of this information. It's very hard to find information about India, but I've said that before. All right, well... Um, so you've talked about uh, a lot of the uh, Asia and uh, uh, mostly Asia because it seems like at this point in the world this is where the majority of civilization civilization is. 
what's going on in in the rest of the world, like Europe and Europe uh, is still deep, deep, deep in the dark age. But we do have the Villanovans hanging around in northern Italy. These are the ancestors of the Etruscans. And they are in a very early stage. They are egalitarian. They have no noblemen, no ruling class. And they're really no different than any other European culture at this point. There are Latins living on the Palatine Hill. But uh, it's a small village in what will become Rome. So obviously the story of Romulus and Remus is not true. Because this is over 200 years before the founding of Rome. But something is already there. And we're going to try to avoid Rome. Because there's so much legends and obviously untrue stuff. Until 616 BC. There are also the Greeks. But... uh, we don't really know anything about Greece uh, in this decade. And Greece is a very, very dark place at this time with um, no real cities or towns. Mm-hmm. We talked about that in the, I believe it was in the last episode where we talked about how uh, Greece, they don't have any writing and uh, they're, they're really in the dark ages still. Yeah, they've lost their writing. They've lost their towns. They've lost their trading networks. There is some Achaeans still hanging on to Athens uh, but Athens is uh, could possibly have a thousand inhabitants, something like that. So it's uh, pretty much a village at this time. Okay. Uh, but if uh, in the Levant something happens in 977 BC, and it's the pharaoh Siamun, he attacks the Philistine Philistine city of Geyser, and it's in the Gaza Strip today. So. People are making war in the Levant all throughout history. It's the most contested area in the world. Uh, Geyser is a Canaanite city-state belonging to the Philistines in the foothills of the Judean mountains. And this attack is um, covered in the Bible, but the pharaoh is not named. So, uh, um, and this um, town of Geyser did owe loyalty to the pharaohs during the new kingdom before the Bronze Age collapse. So 300 years before this, it used to belong to Egypt. Uh, And for some reason, Pharaoh Siamun takes an army outside of Egypt and attacks and raises this city to the ground. We are not sure why. The Bible has a theory about why, but it's uh, not a very reliable one. Okay, what's that theory? The the theory is based on uh, the fact that Solomon rules in Israel, and archaeology does not support Solomon's golden kingdom in Israel at this time. Uh, And he is allied with Siamun, and he brings in Siamun to crush Geyser because uh, Geyser has been uh, rude to him. But uh, but we have this unreliable source in the Bible, and we do have an unreliable inscription about this attack but we have two different unreliable sources saying the same thing and we also found oh I didn't but somebody did (laughs) found an archaeological destruction layer in Geyser from this time so for some reason the pharaoh takes an army outside Egypt and this has not happened since the new kingdom because Egyptian soldiers don't want to go outside of Egypt because if you die outside of Egypt you do not get to resurrect 
and they're all about resurrection. And next year, in 976 BC, a guy called Susanus III becomes the high priest of Amun at Thebes. And this is the most important priesthood in Egypt, and Thebes is to the south, pretty far from uh, where the, the uh, pharaoh rules from, because he rules from Tanis in the delta to the north. And remember this guy, because we'll talk about him next time, Susanus III, the high priest of Amun at Thebes. Uh, our last dated event from this decade is uh, from 972 BC when the king of Assyria, Ashurabi II, dies. And he's succeeded by Assuresi Isi II. And this uh, new king seems to be quite old at the time of succession. We don't really know the ages of Assyrian kings, but uh, there are signs that he's very, very old when he assumes the throne. And the Assyrians are pretty much still fending their home territory from Arameans and other loose peoples nearby that are encroaching on their territory. Okay. And, uh, okay, so now that we've covered uh, Europe and Asia, uh, what's going on in the Americas right now? I remember last time we talked about how the Olmecs had the most, in, in modern day uh, Mexico, had the most advanced art in the world of the time, arguably the best art in the world at the time. Uh, what's going on now? We don't really know anything that happened to the Olmecs in this decade, uh, as we can't read their writing, but they are still around. They are doing quite well. Their cultural center is San Lorenzo, uh, but there are signs that stuff is not, uh, not entirely uh, good in San Lorenzo. And it seems that uh, a lot of things are going wrong in San Lorenzo, actually. We'll talk more about that in the 950s episode. On the next episode of the Fan of History podcast, the 960s BC, Simeon will break tradition, Assyria will get a new king, and the mystery of the mystery of Susinus III, we'll talk about that, and King Mu will fight the dog people. The dog people. Yes, uh, please go to YouTube, subscribe, like and share, give us reviews on iTunes, and uh, that'll help us keep going. And thanks for listening to the Fan of History. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone.